Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome Robin Hills. He's an emotional intelligence coach, trainer, and facilitator with over 40 years business and commercial experience. He provides knowledge and skills that help people to understand themselves and others better. He's got a range of online courses. He's been involved in this field for a long, long time. He's very well versed in what he does. He's one of the foremost people in this area in the UK. It was really great having this conversation and I hope you can all get something out of it. Thanks again for following us. And just a reminder that the Move Your Mind program is available at moveyourmind.me. We've got a community hub with all of our courses and live events and video interviews and a whole range of other information in there. And you can find the Move Your Mind book all over the world by simply going to nickbrax.com slash book. Robin, thank you so much for making the time to come on Move Your Mind. We had a couple of hiccups getting on. Initially, I had to (laughs) delay the start of this. You went on a Google Meet link instead of Zoom, my fault, because it's very hard to navigate and not clear. But, you know, I thought we weren't going to get there, but I'm glad that an hour later, we're both sitting here and uh, having the opportunity to have this, uh, have this conversation. Thanks ever so much, Nick. It's a great test of emotional intelligence, isn't it? <laughs> it did. It tested our emotional intelligence, our resilience, our um, everything. It was a good, a good, a good mental health sort of um, check checkup for the morning. So I'm glad we made it. Yeah, and here we are. Here we are. So before we get into it, um, I always ask the guests just to give like a little bit of a background on themselves and what you do basically and how you came to where you are. So you don't have to go and, you know, sort of almost an abbreviated, if you can, um, version of what you've done, because we'll go deeper into it. But just to give the guest a bit of a, an idea of who you are and what you do um, before we get into it. Yeah, brilliant, Nick. My name is Robin Hills. I'm an emotional intelligence coach, trainer and facilitator. I specialize in helping people to improve their performance by looking at the way in which they're working with their emotions. Now, I started in the field, oh, must be about 12, 15 years ago, looking at people development. And I recognized that anything and everything that we do as human beings is underpinned by emotions and the way in which we work with our emotions. So I was very keen to build up a business focusing on emotional intelligence. Now, people say to me, well, what's all that? What's it about? Um, We've got more important things to worry about. Well, yeah, but leadership, communication skills, uh, team working, conflict management, diversity and inclusion is all underpinned with emotional intelligence. So what I'm doing is focusing in on the emotional intelligence component and then building up those skills 
whereas everybody else seems to do it the other way around. Oh, let's run a, a course or a workshop on leadership. And by the way, we'll tag on a little workshop or module on emotional, emotional intelligence. I love that. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I mean, and that, that's a great way to do it as well, because if it, it's sort of, um, there's so many layers to, you know, what you're talking about here, because it's like, um, like you're saying, and I've seen this, I've been in New York for almost a year now. And, um, you know, you meet a lot of people that are very disconnected, because the whole mentality, it's, you know, the center of capitalism, and people are, you know, I need to reach the top at all cost and go, 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 do, do, do. And you, you talk about, you know, sometimes I'm sitting there and talking about what I do and, um, you know, emotional well-being and these different areas and they're almost, their jaw just opens and you see them go blank and they're like, what is this? You know, what, why would you, what, why do I need that stuff? That's going to slow me down from achieving my goals. Um, so it's sort of a good entry point as well to integrate it with, well, this can actually help you to perform in what you're doing. But then while you're doing that, um, some of those key learnings that they can start bringing into their own personal life about, okay, how can I actually maybe reassess, you know, am I, am I actually um, operating from the right place? Am I overdoing it? Are there other things I'd like to focus on? And I guess, the, is that what you find? There's just layer after layer that, to, to peel back with, with this area? Oh, most definitely. I mean, emotional intelligence really is a very, very complex construct. And mm. uh, having worked in the area for a number of years, I'm still learning. A uh, really interesting question is, am I emotionally intelligent? Well, if I answer yes, it's rather arrogant, self-conceited, suggests there's no room for improvement. But if I answer no, why on earth am I working in the field of emotional intelligence? So the, the situation is it depends. It's, it's work in progress. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still developing my emotional intelligence. There are times when I'll go into a setting and I'll interact and engage with people at a very deep level. And I'll come out of it and think, wow, that went well. Let's see if I can replicate that again, because that was brilliant. And then on other occasions, I'll go into a similar situation and I'll completely screw up. That's because I'm human like you. So things get in the way and those things that get in the way are emotions. And if we only just recognize it, we can actually become a lot more effective. Yeah. And I really love what you're saying there. And I think, you know, that that's really the key point, though. It's like it's self-awareness of um, I'm, you know, because no one you're not going to ever be able to be operating like you said in that example that's you can't no one can sort of find that all the time and we're going to have ups and downs and off days and good days and you know if i relate it to my own life i've um been working in mental health for about uh 12 years you know advocating and doing running programs and doing working with psychologists and experts and then i work as an actor as well and in both of those areas you know the acting sometimes you're doing a scene and you're so in it and you're like, oh my God, that felt amazing. And then you try the next day and you just feel disconnected. You can't focus, you're out of it. You're like, what am I doing? I just want to quit. Um, the same with mental health. You know, sometimes everything's flowing well, but even being, you know, an advocate and, you know, trying to um, inspire others to do these different things. I have many moments where, or weeks or, you know, days where you just, you're falling in a heap and you, you know, you're going back into old habits. And, and I think that's just, the part of the learning any from my understanding anyway is that's just a forever thing because it's like saying hey i want to go and um get into 
uh, I want to hire a personal trainer and, you know, get a fitness program and I might do it for three months and get really fit and do everything perfectly. But if you don't sort of continue and keep putting the work in forever, uh, you're going to eventually decline again. So it's like sort of there's no, no end point. And from my understanding, the, the really big gap, which I'm interested to ask you on your view about this, but what I see is um, it's not about trying to, you know, find this perfect model for everyone to follow. It's more about how can we almost wake people up and teach people to just start becoming more self-aware and showing vulnerability, just being open and honest about, hey, you know, this is actually, you know, how I feel and I'm, I'm not happy. I might be making millions of dollars, but I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. You know, what's missing? Like really thinking about those things. Like, would you say there's a huge disconnect in, in that area? Almost definitely. And I think a lot of it goes back to very early on in our conversation where you were talking about people going at, uh, say, 90 kilometers an hour to hit their goals. And they yeah. really are working at their absolute peak. And I think the issue there is that they're trying to maximize everything that they do to be the best that they can be. Now, that's a great goal, but the best that you can be is not sustainable. So you can hit those peaks, but then you need to kind of drop down a little bit. And really, rather than looking at maximizing your potential, you need to optimize your potential, which is just a little way off from your peaks, those peaks. But uh, you're looking at a kind of average. So it's another way of looking at the balance that you've spoken about. It's mm. looking at those good days. It's looking at those bad days and taking the average of those because that's where you are and that's what you are and not berating yourself because you have bad days and not berating yourself because you have brilliant days, but you can't sustain those brilliant days. Yeah, and then so, I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. No, I was going to say to bring emotions into it. I think we really do need to look at this emotion happiness because yeah. really from what I've uh, considered about the emotion recently is that it's a relatively short um short-term emotion you only experience it in little bursts you can't be deliriously happy all the time and who would want to be I'll come back to that in a minute but if you have these bursts of happiness just enjoy them don't yeah. strive to be happy strive to be contented because if you're striving to be happy all the time you're 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 just trying to hit the wrong target so if you look at how can I become contented in what I do, then you're looking after yourself. You're looking after your emotions. You're managing them better and you're in balance. So if I may, let me go back to what I was Please. inferring with regards to happiness. Happiness is an emotion that we do experience in these short bursts. But have you ever tried communicating with somebody who's deliriously happy all the time? Oh, don't worry about your targets. They'll be all right. Don't worry. Be happy. Hello, trees. Hello, grass. Hello, flowers. <laughs> well, well. It, it's a great emotion, but it means that we take uh, unsustainable risks. We're more likely to do things which put us in danger because we're so happy. So really what we want to do is to celebrate those little moments of happiness 
relish them because they're not going to last forever. But look at what is it that I need to do to be contented in what I do and in my life. I yeah, and I really love that, and it's such a um. I mean, we could probably talk for hours just on that topic of happiness because that is such a big area. And like you're saying, you know, the world is built on what's everyone striving for. Everyone's striving for happiness, but what is happiness? And, you know, fed this sort of narrative that if I just do this, 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 and this, then maybe I can finally be happy. Or like you said, trying to attach to that feeling of, okay, I got this, you know, that's what it feels like. It's almost, if you, you know, attaching to this feeling of, what we're called labeling happiness, then you're almost trying to make yourself become addicted to another form of a drug of, I just need that feeling now to be okay. Whereas it's almost the language needs to change of what does happiness mean? It's like happiness should actually be um, taught to us that it is like what you were saying there. It's that underlying um, contentment that I'm, I'm going to be okay. And I, I'm, I, you know, I, I've, I've got deep sort of value and deep um, meaning in what I'm doing day to day, whether I'm having a horrific day or a really good day. And when things feel great or going really well, I'm going to enjoy that and embrace it. When things are going horribly, I'm going to remind myself that it's okay. I know, cause I know underlying that what I'm doing is, you know, I, I know the re reasons why I'm doing it. And uh, would you, would you say a lot of that's down to uh, I guess it obviously comes back to the emotional intelligence part of uh, really being able to dig deep and look at what what is my you know core value here? What what what's the meaning of what I'm doing? Because if you can find that, yeah. and I think if we were taught that, uh, it would solve a lot of problems. Because then, if you're operating from that level, it's not really about the external you know factors at that point. It's like, okay, this is what I'm my purpose and meaning daily, and if if the, you know, the goals come out of that, that's great, but it's the, the core reason I'm doing it's a lot deeper and more meaningful and personal to me than that outside factor. So is it, yeah, is that, that's a big part of it? Oh, well, if you can uh, get to that point around your contentment in terms of progressing and moving yourself forward at whatever yeah. stage you've got in life then yes that's really really valuable to you and will help you with that level of contentment uh, martin zelligman uh, has done a lot of work in the field of positive psychology i love and him what yeah yep He's brilliant, and but then he's a positive psychologist. But what he's what he recommends, and what I would advocate is that at the end of every day, every single day, it doesn't matter whether you've had a good day or a bad day, just identify three good things that have happened, and mm. even better, three good things that couldn't have happened unless you'd had that level of involvement with them. So what yeah. three good things have happened today that you can actually say, yeah, they happened because of me. Now, identifying that will help with contentment. It will help with happiness. It will help with these pleasant, constructive emotions that we need to engage with the world and to really Find our why, find our meaning, find our purpose. What is our true vocation in life? Because ideally, whatever that is, we'll never get there. But what mm -hmm. we can do is enjoy the mastery, the journey that we take in order to get there and to skill ourselves up and to become better at what we're doing.
Definitely. And, and, and that's, you know, I think that's, if I look at acting, that's why I love acting because it's sort of about, there's literally no, no endpoint. Um, actually, for anyone listening to this, I, and I say this all the time, I, cause I, I was uh, so shy and insecure and all these problems. And when I got into acting and a lot of actors say this, it's one of the best personal development things you can do. Cause you have to learn about yourself and other people and all these different things, but anything in those sort of fields, what you learn is, uh, this is not about reaching, there's no, no end goal to this because you, you've got to keep learning and there's no right, wrong, indifferent, you know, it's all, everything's about just a progression of you keep doing it, you know, for forever. Uh, and what I find really hard, and I know other people that I talk to find really difficult in life is finding that balance because, you know, we can sort of understand that and, okay, I've got to find the balance of, um, you know, not having that end goal and just sort of going step by step and enjoying the process and doing my best and, you know, um, having that healthy sort of middle ground. But our mind tends to then start when we do have those goals, we attach. So how do you, it's this constant sort of balancing act. Uh, Are there some techniques or advice you can give or uh, yeah, I need this advice as well um, for, for, for navigating that. Cause I find that I find it so hard. You know, you just, you constantly, uh, trying to find balance, but also navigate towards these goals and not get attached. And yeah, it's a difficult thing. It's incredibly difficult. And I, I wouldn't be arrogant enough to sit here and say, oh, I've got an answer for you. Like all I could do. <laughs> just, to, just to make a few suggestions uh, and to even these suggestions, if I put them in pr- to practice, it's incredibly hard for me to do. So mm-hmm. it's not a case of, uh, oh, do what I suggest and uh, your life will be turned around. Here are just a few hints and tips. These are some things that may work for you or they may not work for you one of the things that have come out of psychology recently is some research to actually identify that we've all got this little inner voice that is really erring on the side of negativity all the time Mm -hmm. so it says robin you silly idiot you shouldn't have said that oh you shouldn't do that oh robin why on earth did you do that well, that's what my voice says. Your voice will use a, a similar tone, but probably use the word Nick all the way through it. And I think the important thing to do is just to recognize that there's some guidance within that, but learn how to uh, ignore the, the voice and just say, go away, shut up. I did the best that I could at that particular moment in time. Yeah, it, perhaps it wasn't brilliant, but next time it'll be even better and if you can do that then that will be incredibly helpful to you because when you're faced with a similar situation you think yeah I've done that before I've survived I've come out of it now I know what I should be able to do and I can try it out and see what happens now, uh, that's all very rational, and in the heat of the, the moment, the emotions come o- uh, take over, and suddenly you think to yourself, oh, I should have done that, and you think to yourself, I should have done that after the event. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Sooner or later, you'll be faced with the event where you can actually start to put these things into practice. And let's build yeah. upon what you said earlier, Nick. Let's have a look at self-awareness. What are you good at? What are your strengths? I'm not interested in your weaknesses. 
everybody will tell you what your weaknesses are and you can probably tell me half a dozen weaknesses straight off the top of your head what i'm interested in is what are you good at because mm. if we could take those strengths those core qualities that makes nick nick and transform them into excellence interestingly enough all those weaknesses will just witter away yeah that, i i love that as well because i i guess like a lot of the time it is it's focusing on those negatives and trying to find you know why am i not good enough how can i trying to do too much you know we overwhelm ourselves when if we just do remove that and sim it's constantly simplifying and finding okay like what what is it that i can um that i can focus on that i'm good at and how do i construct a sort of career in life around these things that work for me uh and i i feel like a lot of that comes from um you know we overwhelm ourselves because we're trying to compete with other people or worrying about what other people are doing would you say that's a, a big thing as well when you know, we get detracted from you know what we how we want to live our own lives because we're looking at other people is it like the whole comparison sort of thing yeah yeah i think um excuse me can i just cough nick please go for it you're <laughs> you're welcome to cough as much as you like on the on the podcast um Hopefully you can edit that bit out. We can we can edit it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's all good, you know. <laughs> no, that, yeah. that's great. That kind of yeah. lubricates the throat a little bit. Yeah, no, have as much as you need. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> that's the good thing about pre-recording these. We can, yeah. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, let's have a, let's consider your question by looking at motivation and having a look at what motivates us because what motivates me is not going to motivate you. Mm -hmm. And what motivates me at nine o'clock on a Monday morning is not going to motivate me on four, at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon. So what we need to do is to understand through self-awareness this idea of what it is that is driving us forward. Um, mm. Is the motivation within, I need to complete this piece of work because it's important for me to complete it in order that I can enjoy the weekend for example, if that happens on a Friday afternoon. Another way of looking at it is if I don't complete it for the weekend, if I don't complete it today, the weekend will be ruined because I'll be worried about what everybody else is thinking of me because I haven't completed it. So mm. it's getting this mix between internal motivation, intrinsic motivation and external motivation, extrinsic motivation. And yes, that word again, getting the balance right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, there are a lot of people are very, very <clears throat> intrinsically motivated and they've got such a high level of drive. They don't really care about anybody else or what anybody else thinks. Now, there are some great advantages to that, but there are some major disadvantages in that because people lose their empathy. Yeah. And then yeah. there are other people who are so extrinsically motivated, they can't do anything without checking that they're doing the right thing. And mm. they need mm. to have that external validation to actually get things done. So what we need to do is to kind of balance the two. Am I doing the right thing? Um, 
tell me if I'm doing the right thing, because that will help and encourage me to carry on doing the right thing. And if I'm not doing the right thing, then I need a sanity check within there. Now, unfortunately, that's where partnerships work. And my partner, my wife, is extremely good at telling me when I do something not quite right. She's yeah, not particularly yeah. good at telling me when I do things well, but uh, that's another matter. <laughs> that's where my that's where my intrinsic motivation comes in. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. That one. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and and relationships. You know, it is they're, they're tough, um, and that's all communication as well, isn't it? It all comes down to um, you know we need to be able to be communicating what we're feeling and and what's going on because it's when people bottle up you know or can't communicate and and talk about what's going on when problems seem to arise so yeah uh, yeah i I think there are some really important factors that are well worth mentioning here nick because we have relationships with people and uh, yeah. we have partners and I'm very fortunate in that I've got a lifelong partner and we've been married for more the years than I care to remember. Um, now, are we deliriously <laughs> happy through that relationship? Well, of course we're not because it's, it's a good quality relationship. We talk about things like the fridge needs replacing and the oven needs cleaning and we need to and, and I need to iron my shirts tonight and that's that's a conversation that we've had this morning now yeah. when we first started out in the relationship it was all blissfully happy and we were skipping through the fields holding hands and world, the world was great and we were desperately in love now that emotion has changed over the years so it's still there within the relationship but the mundane things creep in and we have to change the way in which we're working within the partnership to make it work and some people do it very well and some people um, unfortunately through a whole raft of different experiences don't have the same experience so yeah. what is it that they can do to get the contentment that they need? Yeah, um, which it's a big area. And, you know, being a sing- single again, being in New York and trying to navigate in the modern world, this whole dating scene and environment, it's really difficult. And I, I'm jealous. I want to get to a point. I can't wait till I'm at that point where I've got the boring, mundane um, <laughs> because I've been been in love and had that and it's I mean it's I think it's the best feeling in the world when you're first in love I mean it's just it's like I I remember the first time I fell in love it was overwhelming like I was like oh my god oh my god this is almost too much like everything else just faded away and it's just it's it's almost but you can get attached to that feeling and 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 I feel like um you know it's sort of uh Hollywood has you know pop cultures really made people think that if it's not like that for the whole relationship, then there must be a problem and people are seeking this perfect sort of thing that doesn't exist. And, you know, in modern dating life, it's like this very, it's almost like a, um, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's very fast. And even if people get on, they're looking for the next best thing and you don't get that opportunity to just explore uh, this 
on it's because that's where the meaning again comes out of it i guess it's like from being able to grow together and go through ups and downs and you know not not having everything be perfect all the time but it's just it's it's a tough thing it's uh so yeah very jealous that you've uh you've got that it's very nice well, look, let, <laughs> let, let's, let's pile on a degree of that. jealousy the other way. The grass is always <laughs> greener. Uh, look, there's a free agent who's in New York, the city of bright lights that never sleeps, <laughs> capable of developing a new relationship and falling in love at, at any moment to have that intensity because there's a new person to share that that romantic life with and see if you can build up a, a relationship together and it might be a short-term one it might be a long-term one but uh, hey there's a lot of excitement there so if we're looking and comparing ourselves with other people we can see all the positives and not necessarily all the negatives and I'm sure there are times when you've had a really really rocky relationship that you come out of it and you don't feel good about it um there are times in my happy marriage where we have an intense argument where i could happily put a six foot under and blow the consequences <laughs> it's so true yeah so yeah, yeah you, you know we are in a set of circumstances that we find ourselves in that we can't do a lot about we've made some choices and the choices that we've made we may not like but they're the choices that we've made that get us to the moment that we're here at today so how can we make the best of those choices moving forward some of those choices you may not like do something about them if you possibly can it's incredibly mm. hard but um you've still got choice you've still got yeah. choices why do you do the job that you do now that's an interesting question if you really think about it and really dig down into the answer the answer is because you choose to yeah yeah exactly because like you're saying you know any given time we do have a choice we're not we're not in a prison cell where you know if you don't like your job you can walk out if you're running a business and you don't like what you're doing you can close up shop and start again and I mean obviously circumstances could can be um, inhibitive of that someone might be running their own business or yeah. working in a job that, that they can't stand but they've got to support yeah. a family and do this yeah. that and the other but um we still do you know like you're saying we always have that choice and I think it is it's a really sad thing that and I've seen it with my own you know friends I've grown up with and so many people it's just so common where people are like I really want to do this thing and they talk about it for 10 years 20 years and I'm like go and do it what why don't you just do it and I've probably gone too far the other way where I've never had a normal job and I've just only followed my gut and it's, it's you know, it's equally got, it's freaking hard, you know, like so many <laughs> ups and downs and you're on your own all the time and you, you, there's no certainty, but at the same time, I wouldn't trade that for the world. If I die tomorrow, I'd be like, well, you know what? I don't have any regrets. And, you know, I think regret is one of the only things that you don't want to have at the end of your life you can fail and fail you know it doesn't matter if you succeed or fail but you see that everywhere people just you know they want to do these things but there's this blockage 
And I think it's not, it's not their fault. It's society's fault. Uh, we're not taught because, that's, and you know, this is another question. It's, I think, you know, why, why the hell are we not taught this in school? And it's a systemic thing. Our parents, you know, didn't get taught it. So then they pass on the same um, emotional learnings that, that they receive. So it's not their fault. They just didn't get educated, but we need, we need more mainstream education. So I guess like what you're doing, um, so a lot of your work is in, it is in organizations from what I was, um, yep. I was reading, but you know, what, what is the, how do we change that long-term do you think? Well, the important thing is it's now starting to be taught, but uh, only in kindergarten. It really mm. needs to be carried through in primary, secondary, and even tertiary education. But uh, once you get uh, a little bit older, and usually around the age of 11 onwards, you're just taught ac academic subjects in order that you can get bits of paper that then funnel you into a system that enables you to get a career. So I think what we've got to do is we've got to help people to decide what is it that you want to do with your life. Now, yeah. I, you know, it's great to think, oh, I, I'd like to sail around the world by 2030. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a great goal to have. But um, realistically, what you've got to do is to say, right, that is nine years away. So what are you going to do in five years time? Is it going to happen by 2026? Or are you still going to be stuck in the same rut saying that it's going to happen? And, oh, I've still got four years to do it. No, you, th you then chunk it down and say, right, well, in order for that to happen, what do I need to do this time next year? What do I need to have done? What do I need to do in six months' time, in the next six months, in order to make that happen? What do I need to do by the end of the month? Right, if it really is a true goal, what do I need to do by the end of the week? Now, it might be mm -hmm. something really quite banal, but it's the first step on that big journey to achieve that big goal. Now, it might be a case of um, sail around the world. Right, am I going to do it myself single-handedly in a yacht? Um, have I got the skills to do that? If I haven't, I need to learn how to do it. Uh, if I haven't got a yacht, how am I going to buy one? So these are some of the decisions that need to be made around this great goal. I could sail around the world and I could do it on a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. Right. Where am I going to get the money from in order to do that? Which cruise ships would I like to sail around the world on? Can I do it in one go? Do I do it in little chunks? What is it yeah. that I need to do in, in terms of achieving that goal of sailing around the world? Now, it might be that I'll do it on a number of different ferries and I'll cross the, the land some other way, go by train or whatever it is. What is it that you need to do? And you need to construct a, a plan. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Put together a plan. So it might be fairly nebulous. It's nine years away. But what is it going to look like when you get there? And then start to look at, right, now what I need to do is to do some research. I need to find out um, how I can do this, how I can achieve it. So by the end of this week, I need to have a look at a few sites on the internet and do some costings to make sure whether that it's reasonable or not. Uh, by the end of next week, by the end of the month, I need to have started to scope out the places that I want to visit. By the end of this time next year, I need to have a clear idea as to whether I take some classes in terms of yachtmanship or, or whatever it is that you need to do in order to achieve that end goal. I, I really love that example. And what I've learned, and you know, I've naturally had this, with, like a lot of people, I think, you know, we have this tendency to, we want to do something and we look right to the end goal and then we think about how much it's going to take to get there and we get so overwhelmed and then we overthink it and then you don't even take that first step and what what I learned through all of that was and you know one of the big things I teach in my in my book and in my um in my educational work is just about habit formation and create like you're saying you know chunking it and thinking okay you know forget forget the end goal where, how can I just start? Because it's always the scary part starting. Once you start, the sort of rest unfolds. But starting and then thinking, okay, how do I make this into a regular habit? Forget, forget everything else. If I just make this routine, it's amazing. At the beginning, it might feel like, oh, this is going nowhere. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm these tiny steps I'm taking to get to this thing that's like, it's impossible. I can't get there. But once, once that habit's formed, it's a month or two months, you've got this habit. And, you, and then, you know, three months pass, six months pass, and you like you look back and you're like, how the hell did I get here? I can't believe that happened. And it's amazing how quickly things can change when you do that. And I think we make the mistake of wanting everything to happen right now, but then underestimating, like you're saying, you know, over a 10-year period, we are actually capable of achieving more than we believe we can achieve. But at, on the same token, we we also expect in a tiny amount of period we can achieve, we think we aim too high for what we want to achieve. So it's like, if we can just put the brakes on a little bit and think, how do I just start making those regular steps? And yeah, it's not about, you know, killing yourself every day. It's about doing regular sort of things on a daily or weekly basis. And then that's when the, you know, the the big goal comes, comes to fruition, you know, faster than you think. And relish the enjoyment that you experience in achieving those small uh, those small steps and just just enjoy the joy that you get from doing it yeah process focus on the process not the the end goal that sort of yeah if you if it can always bring it back to process that's all we actually have isn't it it's sort of we don't know what the end goal or what the outcome will be but what we do have control control of daily is the process of what we're doing and that's all we'll ever have even when we achieve it we're still going to be in process daily so that's sort of the mind switch of 
how do I just enjoy this process? Because that's what I'm, that's my life. That's, you know, that's what life is. Yes. And, and also, I think it's very vitally important not to get too immersed in what things could be and what things have been. The only thing that you can do is embrace the present moment, which is where mindfulness comes in. So mm. it really is, what can I do now? Because um, I can't really do anything about this time next year. I can't do mm. anything about mm. what I did a year ago all i can do is something now and i think yeah, once, yeah. excuse me <coughs> no and i think once and i think once we get to that point where we really are focused in very much on the here and now we then become a lot more mindful around what it is that we can do and we then become more mindful of how we're using our emotions yeah and you're sort of answering a question in my you know I was, I was going to ask you relating to my own personal life at the moment that's what I'm it's a weird thing where things are progress like I'm literally so happy with the trajectory my life's going on what I'm doing I'm doing everything I love I'm you know building this move your mind platform I am building this TV show at the moment. Um, there's all these different things, but then in amongst that, almost on a daily basis, I'll get caught up thinking, yes, but how's it going to unfold? And, you know, how am I going to manage everything? And what if this takes off? When's it going to take off? I've, I've, once that takes off, then maybe I can feel more settled and less uncertain. And maybe that's when I can have a relationship and this and that. And, da, 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 da. and, at the, and having the knowledge while I'm thinking that, that I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe some of these things won't work. Maybe some will, maybe it'll go in a different direction, but it, it then gets to this point of putting off, um, enjoying the day-to-day -day life. So anyway, yeah, finding that balance, I, I find really difficult. And I think you've sort of given me a, a really good answer to simple answer to revert back to there, but it's just as a, as a, you know, current example, that's something that I'm constantly facing and I know a lot of people do and, it can be debilitating. Oh, it can be. And, and I think a lot of people um, focus on uh, an, uh, a point in their life. When I have done this, I will be happy. Um, when I've got a new car, when I'm in a relationship, um, when, you know, the moon turns to cheese, I'm going to be happy. Um, <laughs> No, just look at what you can control and all you can control is how you're feeling in the present moment and get the joy. It might be a little, little, tiny, little nugget of joy, but get some joy from the fact that you're actually making a small step positively towards your goal. Now, as you're sitting here talking to me, as your listeners are sitting here listening to us talking, they are probably focused in on the present moment. Now, there's nothing that they can do to achieve their great goals. Um, whilst I'm here talking to you, Nick, I'm not out there achieving great goals. Part of my ultimate goal is being achieved by having this conversation. So how do I make this work? Because if I don't make this conversation here, yeah. work... If we don't make this conversation work, it's going to be detrimental to our goals, but it doesn't mean to say that the goals change. I love that point. And, you know, when you, and, and I know whenever I've reminded myself that, because it is the same to me, this, what we're doing right now is part of the broader goal. 
And whenever I've reminded myself that daily, you feel amazing because you're like, okay, I know what this big goal is and I can't control everything, but I'm going to work towards that. But also what I'm doing every day, this is part of the big goal and this is, or it's all one of the same thing. And then you're not really attaching to anything specific has to happen. It's like, it's okay. You know, we're working towards that. We're doing what we can and it's all one of the same. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I love that. I love that. I can I share with you something that I have only realized over the last two or three years? And Great. traditionally, we've all gone down the route of having big, hairy, audacious goals. You know, we've got to specify them in smart terms. They've got to be very specific. They've got to be reasonable. They've got to be measurable. They've got to be attainable. We've got to have a time frame within them. That's all good stuff. That is all good stuff, but it's all very linear. Whereas I think life comes along and throws a number of number of wobblies in our direction. And we actually have to account for and, and work with those. So really it's like playing a game of chess mm. and we need mm. to be masters at playing chess. And the game continues and the game gets more involved or more developed. Now, another metaphor that I would use, it's like a computer game, an adventure computer game, where it can be one of these sh shoot them down computer games if you want. But ultimately, when you're playing this game, to start off with, you're very cack-handed at it. and You're taking baby steps and you might find a bit of treasure and you might find a bottle of potion and you might find a secret door. And then suddenly you're up to the next level and then you fight an elf or you find a magic lake or you rescue a maiden and you find a key and suddenly you're up to the next level. Well, within all of these computer games and with a game of chess you're not going to go back to being an ultimate beginner mm -hmm. uh, it's not mm -hmm. like a game of snakes and ladders where you suddenly fall down the ladder and you're back at square one again you you're actually growing you're actually learning you're actually developing through that so uh, i can equate with my uh, business I, I would put myself mm -hmm. at level 35. Now, I'm not going to define that, but there are still many, 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 many levels for me to get to. Yeah, but I look yeah. back at what I've done and I look at level 24 and think, ah, yes, that was very interesting because I've learned something from that. I'm never going to go back to level 24. I'm never going to go yeah. back to level eight. But I needed to have gone up through all of those levels to get to level 35. Now, there's no yeah. point in me sitting here and looking at level 63 and think, oh, it'll be wonderful when I get there. I've got to work out how I get from level 35 to level 36. And then yes. look at level 37. Now, things could happen. The software might update. The computer might break uh, yeah. there's a whole host of external things that we've got absolutely no control over but i'm still at level 35 yeah, i love that i love that and then not worrying about if you know someone a friend or someone you know or is, is at level 65 it's sort of this is a level i'm at it's my own game and yeah it's it's irrelevant you know bring it's it's a really i, I really like that way to look at it it's sort of um it just brings gets rid of a lot of that outside noise. It brings you back into, you know, 
this is where we are. This is no, this is where I am. Um, where, sorry, yes. I, no, no, no so, sorry, Nick. I'm not trying, I'm not picking. No, you up. I think it's important. Please, that, please. Um, this is where I am because if I start looking where other people are, I'm kind of measuring myself against them, and there are going to be people that are doing far better than I am. Great. There are going to be people who are doing far worse than I am. How can I help them? But mm -hmm. this is where I am. Um, yeah, I'd like to be at higher levels, but I'm not. So yeah, what this do is I need reality. To do? Yeah, what do I need to do today? What do I need to do today? I love it. And yeah, I love that. Well, yeah, well, we've got other factors that we do need to lob in. We've got the pandemic that we need to manage, and we're getting yeah. a lot of communications and miscommunications around that. And uh, um, my uh, focus within the pandemic is, first of all, how do I keep myself safe? Because mm -hmm. if I'm keeping myself safe, then I can behave in ways that will help others to be safe and the important thing is to make others feel comfortable around me so how do I manage all of that and if I'm doing that then I'm actually dealing with the issues around the pandemics irrespective as to what the government says does and how they behave which is that's a very important point though because I think a lot of the time where people are putting not looking after their own core needs and then they're acting out of pain or fear or frustration. And if you're trying to help other people or you're trying to make decisions in that state, you're not going to be of any service. So you need to be, if you want to call it being selfish, I don't think it is selfish, but it's sort of thinking, no, I'm going to look after myself first. Because if I do yeah. that, then I can actually help other people and I can do it from the right place and I can approach my work in the right way as well. But you know, it's, and, and that's a systemic problem in society of we're taught, forget about all that, you know, personal needs crap and just do this, this, this and this. And then maybe you can look after yourself. But it's like, no, if you get yourself right first, then you can make some really good decisions and some much more informed decisions um, yes. moving forward. Yeah, I would actually suggest that you do need to be selfish. You need yeah. to be self-ish. Not yeah, selfish yeah. in terms of greedy, not selfish in terms of I'll tread on anybody's head to get to wherever I want to and uh, blow everybody else. You need to look after yourself. And when you're flying from one part of the world to another part of the world, the cabin crew will give you a safety briefing. And what they're suggesting within that safety briefing in the event of a decompression is that when the oxygen masks come down, you put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can help anybody else. And I think that is vitally, vitally important in terms of looking after yourself. Nobody else can have that cup of coffee for you. Nobody else can eat that sandwich for you. You need to eat and drink the right things in the right amount. Nobody else can go to the toilet for you. You can't delegate that to anybody else. Uh, because you're so focused on your goals you need to have the right amount of sleep you need to get the right exercises all the things that the doctors nag us to do but um, it is my responsibility to look after myself so that I am fit 
physically and mentally in order that I can give to other people. If I don't look after myself, I'm not capable of giving to other people to the level that I want to, which was exactly the point that you made right at the beginning of this. Yeah, no, I really love the way you've um, I'm going to, I might have to steal what you've said there as well, that analogy with the, um, with the oxygen thing in the, in the plane. It's, um, that's a, a really good way of explaining it. It's a very simple way to cut through that, that message. It is. And, and I'm not going to lay claim to original, originality around that. I believe, I believe Stephen Covey said it in his book or wrote it in his books, the seven habits of highly successful, highly effective people. Um, yeah. That is where I believe it came from originally. And he may have plagiarized it from somewhere else. Who knows? There's so much information everywhere. Exactly. It's sort of coming from all angles, but, but it's a really good one. Um, we, we finish up every episode with sort of five questions that are sort of short answers that come to mind and just to sum it up. But before we go into that, um, are there any, what, what are some, for our listeners, you know, what are some things you do personally on a daily basis that, that just help you to look after your, you know, with your personal development and to look after your well-being? Well, I, I think the important thing is to make sure that I'm looking after myself, as I, as I have mentioned. Uh, so it's eating healthily, drinking sufficient water, taking exercise, um, having the opportunity to have a break from work and really recollect my thoughts and uh, kind of go away from it all and just to chill out. So um, those are some of the things that I will do on a daily basis. I, I enjoy listening to music. That's my way of relaxing. So uh, I, am, I like to have plug in. I like to have a little nap from time to time. So uh, anything that is going to help me to feel better around what I'm doing and feel better about myself so those are some of the core things it's being selfish but it's not being selfish it's yeah. being making sure that I'm in a good position to be able to look after other people but not to the detriment of other people yeah no really important point there and, and, and just re yeah so reminding yourself daily I've got to look after my health and well-being and do things that are in line with that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to operate or be able to be, put my best foot forward if I don't do it. And finally, before we go into these last questions for everyone listening, and I'll, I'll put this information and links in the, in the show notes for the episode. Uh, but where can, if people want to learn more, I mean, you've written two books, you're the director of an organization, you're doing a whole lot of stuff. Um, where where can people where can we send people to find out more about what you do and and uh, and what you offer? Well, I have the most comprehensive range of courses on emotional intelligence that are available on the internet. They're self-paced courses. Um, you can access them through my company website, which is ei4change.com. That's ei4change.com. Or you can go directly to the courses at courses.eiforchange.info. And have a look at those. If you go to the eiforchange.com website, you can contact me through there. I'm happy to connect with anybody by email or through LinkedIn or through other social media channels. So feel free to get in touch at any time. Amazing. And, and if people want to find your, your books, where can is there somewhere we can send them to, to find that as well? 
Well, they're on Amazon, so it doesn't matter where in the world you are. Have a look on Amazon. Put Robin Hill's Authority Guides into Amazon. And I have two books in the Authority Guide series, The Authority Guide to Emotional Resilience in Business and The Authority Guide to Behaviour in Business. And both of those are nice little pocket-sized books with little nuggets and hopefully little gems and hints and tips that people will find useful. Right. Well, I'll make sure to put the links there and, you know, get, go and have a look at his books. I've just released uh, my book about three months ago and I know how, you know, much work goes into it and how difficult it is to get a book out there in the modern world with all of the noise everywhere. So uh, definitely check out, check out the book. Uh, but You've yeah. done it, but you've done it, haven't you, Nick? There's a goal that you've achieved. Uh, and, and you know what, like, just before we go into this on that topic, that was like I, and I am so proud of it. And, you know, I, it came out better than we thought it would. And so much went into it. And the publishing company sort of were so hands-on with me. And, you know, you produce this thing. And and when there was probably only a day when um, I first got the book, I was like, oh my God, I actually made this. And then a day later, my mind went to, what are you doing, Nick? This is not selling enough. It's not going anywhere near as well as I thought. I need to get this book out there now, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> now I've got myself back to a point of, I've made this book. This isn't, you know, something that a product that's there forever doesn't matter how much it sells and it, you know, that you, it might, you know, take off tomorrow or in 10 years or never, who cares? I'm so, you know, it's something you've done and, and reminding yourself that because it's easy to get caught up in the other part. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, can I share another little uh, hint with please, uh, please. your listeners, please? I, I know that we're trying to get towards the final questions. No, no, I, if, I love this. Yeah, yeah. If anybody has written a book out there, it, it is a very, very useful business card. So what I'm doing is I'm giving copies of my book to people in lieu of a business card now what happens with a business card after two or three months people will look at it and think oh i've forgotten who he is lob it in the bin or the recycling bin um what uh, what people will not do is throw a book away so it will always sit there as a permanent reminder of who you are and what you are they may not read it but it's always there and they will always have the intention of reading it at some point. So it's incredibly useful. And whether you've given it to them or whether they bought it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a great point. It's out there. It's out there. Yeah. It's out there and it's out there forever. You know, it's something you've yeah. got that you can, yeah. And ongoing business. It's such a good point. It opens doors and um, it's just another avenue to get that information out to people as well. So it's, yeah, yeah. such an And you're a published thing. author. There you go. Give that a tick. What's what's next? No. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it. Um, all right. So for these are yeah. These can be quick answers. Whatever comes to mind. Five, five questions that we finish up with. Uh, so the first one is: What is the best childhood memory that comes to mind? Oh, I had a, a a very interesting childhood. Whether it was happy or whether it was contented or not, but I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. What's the best childhood memory? Or one? Do you know, of? there is there are so many that I can't I can't really pull one out. Um, yeah, or it I, could just be one one that you liked. Yeah, one nice one. Well, I lived. Um, I. My father was a, a minister. Of my my father is a minister of religion. 
he's retired now and he moved around the country quite a bit and we moved around the country quite a bit as well during that time and I've lived in some great parts of the country and I've made some great friends and I think through my childhood memories those friendships are still there and still very strong mm. and I think those are some of the best memories now the very fact that I have I can demarcate my childhood yes between the ages of six and eight I lived in northwest England between eight and eleven I lived in Northern Ireland between eleven and fourteen I lived in Essex which is southwest southeast England and then uh, 16 to 18 I lived in uh, the Midlands I think the beauty of that is with that demarcation I'm actually very very uh, good at being able to say at that age this is what I was doing and I think yeah. a lot of people that unfortunately lived in one place all the way through their childhood don't have that ability Every, it, yeah, it, I love that. Yeah, because it would sort of blend into one thing where you then yeah. you don't have those landmarks to remember certain periods of your life. It's like really blocking that out for you. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it had its challenges, but, uh, you know, that's one memory that I'm very grateful for. I like that. Um, well, I'm, I'm sorry. We had to kind of go all around the houses to get to that point. It was worth it. It was worth it. Um, We've talked a lot about mental health and, you know, this podcast really centres on topics around that. What would you say is one of the biggest burdens on mental health in society today? That is an interesting question. I think one of the biggest burdens on mental health in society today is the labels that people are uh, big, are having put on them around their mental health. Uh, I can give you some examples. I mentor some lads in Bolton, my local town. They're teenagers. And each one of them has got some kind of label around autism. Um, now, when I have conversations with them, um, I, I don't care what their label is. I'm engaging with them as a human being. And when I look at those kind of labels and try to understand them, I think to myself, do you know, 50 years ago when I was growing up, perhaps I ought to have had a label on me because some of my behaviours might have led me to be labelled in a certain way. So yeah. let's get away from the labels and let's get back to looking at managing and working with people. It's a really, really good point. And as far as we've come in society with just general awareness about emotions and mental health, there's so many areas, like you're saying, you know, OCD, autism, uh, bipolar, etc., where it still is labeled and looked at in that way rather than being considered okay this is like anyone everyone's got different obstacles to overcome for this individual this is just an obstacle for them to try and deal with but there still is a lot of stigma and and, and misinformation misunderstanding you know lack of education uh, for people to understand actually what that involves and what that means and how that you know how people are, have come about to how, how that works so it's yeah so i think we do have still a long way to go in, in that area it's um a really really good point uh, would you would you say things are looking like they're going to improve in this area over the next sort of 10, 20 years? I am very hopeful that they are going to improve, but I think what we've got to do is to, if we are going to label people, let's 
make the labels work but yeah. let's forget about labels and let's start looking at individuals as individuals everyone's different exactly and and you know if you and and sort of for me you know i've, I've i suffer from ocd and i i i in my mind thought started looking at it as a gift i'm like well it comes with you know or or you know the creativity or whatever it is it's like a lot of that stuff brings about a lot of negative things you know you can overthink you can things can be debilitating get overwhelmed etc but it also gives you access to think about things in a different way and you can look at it like a superpower that i'm so grateful to have this gift and so everything has a positive and a negative but we can reframe it and thank god i'm like that because we all we've all got our own unique abilities and we should focus on the fact that you know if we took away that thing then we'd probably lose the you know all of those abilities that that comes with it yes and when i'm mentoring the lads one of the early conversations that i have with them is look i don't care what you can't do i'm not interested in that really what i'm interested in is finding out what you can do that i can't because if we can actually identify that that's what makes you special and some of the lads are capable of doing some brilliant things that leave me standing. The last yeah. lad that I mentored um, was able to do very, very sophisticated analyses on stocks on the stock market. And he just right. left me standing there. Now, interestingly enough, his family environment, his mother and father have not got the capacity to have any inkling of uh, what the stock market is about. So to be able yeah. to have somebody who he could talk to and yeah. with my general interest in the area was actually a revelation for him. And we identified that as a real superpower, something that made him really special. And I'm actually really in awe of him and I just wish I could do it. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's, and, and um, I, I've met, I, I know and have met so many people with autism and, though you know different different sort of um things to you know conditions like that and i think they're some of the most fascinating interesting intriguing people and i i love being around around that because it is it's like oh wow i wish my brain could operate in in that way and some of these things you're able to do so it is it's i think if you can your point's so valid you know if we can remove that labeling then we can just be embraceive and realize that everyone is you know unique and um offering something that's so valuable to the world and it just simplifies things so yeah i love i love that point Um, i've got two more here yeah so this one this one goes back to a lot of what you talked about at the beginning uh what would you say is your personal definition of happiness i would say that um to be truly happy first of all you need to recognize your levels of contentment and embrace those yeah there you go exactly i I like that's a nice simple way of explaining it yeah for sure it's so good um final one what would you say is one of the most courageous things you've ever done setting up my own business and starting out on my own but it was done with baby steps and i wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the fact that i made those tentative little baby steps 
Uh, yeah. So that really was the, the most courageous thing for me to do. It would have been a lot easier to have gone out and got another paid job with another employer when my role was made redundant. But I thought, no, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. And it was hard. Oh, boy, was it hard. It was tough. And everybody told me how tough it would be. And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is me. I can do it. And it was really tough. I cannot say how hard it was when yeah. on one month I earned the grand total of £10, which is about $15. And that's yeah. all the money that I bought in for that month with a mortgage, with uh, two teenagers, um, with uh, bills to pay, food to put on the table. It was tough, but uh, I'm glad I've done it. You're sitting here now and, you know, you had the resilience to push through it and it's it's so good to hear that. And yeah, and that, that's the thing. I think until you do these things, it's, um, I always say, you know, doing, if you really want to follow your passion or do run a business or whatever it is, it's probably going to be, um, five times harder than you think it will be and probably take five to 10 times longer. Uh, but it will be worth it. You know, it's 100% going to be worth it and you've got to be able to push through those hurdles. But it, it's tough, you know, you've got to have that resilience and belief. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it's really inspired me hearing you talk about that and thank you for being so open. And I love every, I, I could, I, keep, I think we've gone over an hour, but I mean, I could keep talking to you for another two hours. I, I think there's so many other things I'd love to explore, but love these conversations. And I'm glad that we we got there after a few hiccups at the beginning of setting up this this interview. Uh, but thank you again for, yeah, just being, for sharing everything. I'm sure our listeners will take a huge amount out of this. My pleasure. And if one or two listeners get something special from our conversation, then we've done our job, Nick. That's all we can ask for. Exactly. If, it, if one or two people take something away, then it's been a win. So yeah, Robin, thank you again. And uh, really appreciate and looking, looking forward to hopefully staying in touch and um, connecting on, on other things. That'd be brilliant, Nick. Thank you ever so much. Thanks to Robin Hills for joining me today for Move Your Mind. Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're gonna be lo loading up other groups and you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events, we've got courses, we've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it and we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 